Bold City Longsword presents the Swords and Stereo Podcast. <laughs> Welcome to Swords and Stereo. I'm Matthew Stinson. I'm here with Aaron Schober from Sword Carolina. Hey, guys. So, Aaron? Yes. What's going on? Oh man, so since we talked to you last, we, we have our, our building up, or at least the uh, the bare bones of it, enough to actually hold classes again, yay. Um, so I'll take you out and show you uh, later, but it's, a, it's an open-air shelter, so it's it's a big, uh, like, like a pavilion-style building, right? It's mm-hmm. a big, big roof, it's, it's uh, let's see, what are the dimensions? I think 30 by 60, and it's 14-foot ceilings. So we can do whatever we want in there and not have to worry about hitting anything. Yeah, that's not. So we can, we can do spears and we can do it like everything because we busted so many lights at, at the old place. Like we broke so many overhead lights. So got a nice big ceiling. Actually, being open air is really nice. You know, when we were initially thinking about this, we're like, oh man, it's going to be, you know, build a you know build the building and you know have the four walls and air conditioning and everything. But since since we've had it open air, I really like that. So we may actually just keep it that way. Mm-hmm. And plus, it's better if we're worried about you know COVID or any other yeah, diseases like being so, it in the air. Is sunlight, up. breeze blowing through. Man, it's it's been it's been great to train in like so far. So we'll we'll continue to make improvements to it because right now it is just the shell of the building, gravel floor, which doesn't look great. It's actually a whole lot of fun to train in. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like that because it, it forces you to get that little bit extra work on those ankles, right? Work on, yeah. Yeah. Get that little bit extra effort. Um, but we'll, we'll probably end up, you know, are you just wearing like basketball shoes or? Yeah. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm wearing my, like my barefoot, like mm-hmm. my running shoes. Like they're kind of my, I just ordered some, actually I just ordered some, uh, some high top wrestling shoes. Those are my favorite things to, mm-hmm. to fight in. So I, I destroyed my old pair. So I just got another pair of those ordered in. That's my favorite thing. Man, like that's, I would just wear those like all day, every day, <laughs> which is what I did last night with my yeah. warm out. So, well, that's awesome. Uh, so have you started an official class? This is back up, or are you just kind of training with the regulars before y'all shut down? Um, we, we have some, we have some new students. Um, that was one thing with the, with the lockdown. A lot of people had time in their hands to go like look for things and like come up with new hobbies. So we have had some new students. It's all still technically unofficial right now. Um, we're not charging uh, membership fees because we're we're not running a full schedule. I think I think uh, in January, like after after the holidays, you know, in January we're, we're gonna like run our full schedule, you know, five six days a week, and then we'll just you know then we'll do our membership. But we've already had some new people get started. We've had some like young you know younger guys like some. You know, twelve, you know, twelve year old with some some teenage and some adult. So we got like a good mix of everything mm-hmm. coming in. So, um, and then and then our old crew, like the old guard, that yeah, stayed yeah. with us through you know through the pestilence and through the the transition from from the old place to the new. So, awesome! Yeah, that's 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 what we're doing too. It's like uh, we have uh, four or five of the. The people that have been there forever, like, right, right. And, and then we have a, a couple new people coming in. Which usually, when class happens, uh, I can pair up a new person and a veteran, right. and it works really well. Yeah, so it's yeah, it's it's worked out really well with that. With we're running, 
Our classes are a little smaller. I think we, I mean, we had a, actually a decent number last time, but it's worked out well. We just haven't, you know, the class, you know, Saturday and Sunday afternoons when people are off. We don't have lights in there yet, so we can't run evening classes because then it's dark. Swinging swords around the dark, while fun, is not, <laughs> is not safe. Um, that's what lightsabers are for. But, uh, but yeah, we can split up. Um, you know, we always have like some veteran guys are always there to help the new people around. And, and I can really trust them with that too. I was like, here, here's the group. Here's the drill. I'll come back if you need help. Let me work on this other group here. Chris has stepped, my, my son stepped up. Like he's been running like the youth. So, cause we're just having one big class. You have 12 year olds and you have 30 year olds don't always train as mm-hmm. well together. So Chris has been running the kids doing the, the same stuff everyone else is doing just, you know, we have enough room we can split up and, and do all that stuff. So. Yeah, we in a previous episode we talked about how you really you'll really discover if you know what you're doing when you have to teach it to somebody else. Right. Uh, because because you might think you know it, but once you have to articulate it and put it into yeah. words, yeah. then then you, you add another layer onto your understanding. That's right. Um, so sometimes if I'll just step back and and, and and li- listen to what they say because yeah. you never know they might say it better than I've said it. Uh, yeah, like I hear stuff from my students. I'm like, man, that was good. Like I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to say that too. Yeah, but but don't let on. Just make that wise face, <laughs> nod your it's head, like, stroke my beard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I grew the beard. I may as well, you know, stroke it. Yeah, I can't help but notice you have a hard cast on your hand. I do. Yeah, I have a brace on my hand. So we were we were sparring the other day. And uh, side sword sparring, and I got hit uh, in the the finger. Didn't quite get my my parry there in time. You know, guy was you know my partner was cutting toward my arm. I went to block it. It hit my pinky instead. Didn't quite get the the bow out. And so I'm like, ah man, that stings. And so I'm sitting there. I was like, man, that really stings. My finger hurts. And I'm like, ah man, I think we have to switch weapons because I I need to put on my my better gloves. And then it just kept hurting. You know, I got something. You know, like, okay, well, take my glove. So, you know, Ashley came up and took my glove off, and my finger was bent, like, up, like, 35 degrees, like, the wrong way. I'm like, oh, it's broken. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I mean, these, these things happen. This is my first break in, like, 10 years of doing HEMA, 10, 11 years of doing it. So this is my first kind of real injury. These things happen. We, we always tell people, like, you know, this is dangerous. What we're doing is Literally dangerous. Like, you can get hurt. Anyone who has read the waiver should not be surprised. <laughs> they should not be surprised. We put it in there. It's like, this is this is, this is is dangerous. That being said, though, this particular injury would have been avoidable. Because, because it, I've been training for so long without being injured, I kind of got a little complacent. I had a pair of gloves on that I knew weren't up to the tent. Like, they were damaged a little bit. And I'm just like, ah, it's fine. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when early on in my HEMA career, I wouldn't have done that. But it's just been so long without an injury, I just kind of got a little lazy with it. And it's not like I was overconfident. It's like no one can, can break me. It's just like I had worn these gloves so many times and not been hurt. Yeah. You know, so you just kind of assume it would be all right. But this is the one time I got hit right on the, the seam where there was no padding, like right at the knuckle. Like yeah. Right at the very end of my finger where the seam would, would be, like between the between the fingers and the back of the hand. That's where I got hit, and like, oh, there we go. So no sparring for me for a few months. <laughs> I I've broken a bone in my hand, mm-hmm. and I've broken a finger, and both times it's because it came up underneath and hit uh, hit me on the palm side of the glove. Yeah, which there's no protection there's there. No protection, and that that's on me. That's me. 
holding the sword too loose because my gloves are bulky. So right. like I'm right. I'm doing this. You're doing yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing little, the okay symbol yeah. opposed to the the, the finger. Your, uh, your pink. I yeah. would never hold it like that with no gloves on. Right. Yeah. Right. But because I because I'm trying to manage the bulk of the gloves, mm-hmm. I, I create that opening. Yeah, and that's an interesting thing because you know these things are designed to protect us, and and they do a lot. But they also change the, you know, how you hold yeah. it and like throw in some yeah, it's, it's, there that could... it's two different games. Yeah. And, you know, as, as much as you have, as much as you learn with no gloves on, when you, when it's time to put on the gloves, you, you have to relearn some stuff. You do. And that throws people off sometimes mm-hmm. at first when they first get like, like if they get like a, like some clamshells or something, mm-hmm. like, like the Spes heavies. And the first time they get that, look, like, I can't. Can't do anything. Like, I'm like, a crab person. <laughs> yeah, they're just like dropping it. Like, oh, what's happening? I'm like, it's okay. You're just, it's like a ten percent little tweak. You're like, yeah. you'll figure it out. But half the time, <laughs> I I uh, I stay between standard and thumb grip. I just yeah. float right there in the middle. Oh yeah. That way, I my, I don't have to articulate the big gloves. That's right. Like, you know. No, that's right. That's right. I can that's I can do it. I can thing. do it with my wrist more with my wrist than I normally would. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. No surgery? No surgery. So, thank God. It, it really, it wasn't as bad as it as it could have been. If it was a real sword, yeah. <laughs> I would have lost, like, the last two fingers. I would have lost my pinky finger and my ring finger off but the they, right hand. It was a really good cut. But they could have just cauterized that. You could be training again by now. <laughs> That's right. But no, they decided to keep the fingers. So, <laughs> I have the price. Uh, no, it was a break. Um that he couldn't see me, like I got it splinted that day. Yeah, we got a dog in your face, but that's it. I got it splinted that day, but then uh, it was going to be five days before they could look at it. He came and looked at it. It's like okay, it looks pretty good, but I, let's see if we can get it straighter. So you know, give me a numbing shot, and then just grabbed my finger and wrenched it straight. Ooh, ooh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that that felt that I felt yeah. that even with the numb finger, it was like hey, it ain't that numb. So that was that was fun. Yeah, he straightened it out. I'm gonna go back on Monday uh, to check on it, just to make sure it's looking good. But he got it like 90% straight. And we both agreed, yeah, that's good. You know, yes. <laughs> I, but I got a lot of movement with it, good. so people can't see. But I'm I can straighten and, and and kind of close my finger into a fist around the brace. So, which I, that first day, I mean, that was like like 100 pounds just to straighten my finger out. It was crazy. So we just recorded an episode about solo training. Yeah. So. Now that you're so your your dominant hand's injured, mm-hmm. how do you continue training? Mm-hmm. Personally, I, yeah, I, yeah, I'm yeah. not in theory. Right. Yeah. Right. So uh, while the brace is on uh, for the next month or so, I'm not supposed to use this hand at all for you know sword stuff. I can do stuff with my left hand. My left hand is actually my dominant hand in in real life. Okay. I I do I fence right handed because I teach. And all my students were right-handed, so I actually learned how to fence right-handed. That became the normal for me. So that's funny. If you if you run into me at a tournament or something, you know, if we ever have tournaments again, <laughs> I, I always fight right-handed. But then if you see me doing anything else, I'm left-handed. So uh, I did early on when I first started him, I trained left-handed. So this will, this will be a good opportunity for me to get back doing stuff left-handed. When I'm teaching class, like, like I taught a class last week, uh, I'm teaching it with a messer in my left hand. You're know, teaching like a like a longsword slash messer class because they're so similar. You can you can really do that. So I'm I'm able to demonstrate everything by my left hand and just trying to mirror image uh, with everybody else. So I can still get some training there. I can still you know I can still do my lunges. I can still do my footwork and everything. So 
There's a lot I can do, but yeah, it's going to be no no longsword, no side sword and rotella <laughs> for a while, and and probably more more time studying the manuscripts and getting into them as opposed to actually handling stuff. So in about in a couple of months, I'll be able to to actually like run you know do demonstrations and run through drills with it, but I won't be doing any sparring for anything, you know, for a little while just to make sure. <laughs> there, I have heard two schools of thought on that. Like so if you have a hand in your Injury, mm-hmm. training with the other hand. Of course, that makes sense. But some people, you know, like they think they sh- you should train with your off hand some, you know, even when you're healthy, yeah. uh, just to have that op. So, so say you do hurt your hand, you're already ready. You've already used to it, or you just have that option. You can switch it up mid fight yeah. just to deceive your opponent. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then the other, the, the counter argument to that is, is anytime you're training your opposite hand, you're not training your dominant hand. Right, right. Well, you know, I, I kind of like focusing on, on your dominant hand first. Is you'd rather be, rather get good at one thing than like mediocre at two things, right? So especially yeah. early on. But if you're, if you already have some like good solid base with your dominant hand or your dominant side, and then you want to mix it up, like that's, that's my, my take on it. And rather than just treating them equally, and it's like, well, that's that's good, but you know, that that will slow you down some, especially yeah. at the beginning. So, uh, I like getting getting good and competent with your your dominant hand, and then you can always add in the other yeah. one. Where I train jujitsu, they there's the same school of thought where like I can do this rep a hundred times on my dominant side and mm-hmm. learn it really well, yeah. or I can do both sides. That way, if I'm ever on that side, it doesn't right. feel totally alien to me oh you know that's interesting because when i when we do wrestling i do balance it out both sides mm-hmm. really well so maybe i'm being <laughs> hypocritical there and well i i think we've we we did that like say our our squinters mm-hmm. we always right to left right to left we did that for years and now finally like oh you need to throw some on the other side too oh, man those are because that'll Definitely add a whole breath to your game mm-hmm. if you you know that's just an extra extra device you can use in your absolutely toolbox. yeah those are fun too. So last time I was here, mm-hmm. I saw you looking at some cool manuscripts yeah. on Wicked Hour. Usually when people train, you know you got the three pillars of longsword hema. You mm-hmm. you you got KDF, Fiore, and Meyer. Right, and, and if you step outside that box, you're going to be out of the norm. Right, but but there's a lot of stuff. Outside there is the a lot of yeah. <laughs> uh, I just did an episode with Doctor Bill. He talked about the Glasgow treatise. Mm-hmm. There's a Messer section in there. Yeah. So they the I guess the whole the whole treatise is copies of other people's books, and then there's like mm-hmm. four pages that are original or that we haven't found the earlier copies of. Yet. Oh right, right. And uh, we did a whole podcast just about how like they look at stuff differently. I forgot the name of the treatise. Where the guys have the giant legs and they're really cool. Oh right? man, it's the what is it? The Andre the Tile. It's like it's part two of like the new German art offensive. It's a real rough English translation. So part one, who knows, doesn't exist, or at least we don't have it right now. It's just it goes right into part two, and it's these big burly guys. They look like European sumo wrestlers, right? They're these giant calves, giant forearms, great big bellies. Just exuding strength, and uh, it's, it's but it's a really cool manuscript because, or you know, I'm probably using the wrong term, there, but it's a really cool treatise because it's coming up with combinations that we hadn't really done before because it wasn't in our 
Yeah, like you said, it wasn't in the box. It wasn't in our early KDF box, you know, that we were really comfortable with, which is actually why I grabbed it. It's like, I don't know what this is. We're, we need to try this out because this is going to broaden us, you know, it's going to give us some more ideas. And you said this was written like after Side Sword and Rapier had become dominant? I, I think it was. And I'm, I'm not an expert on the, the, you know, the time frame, but yeah, this is a pretty late manuscript. I don't remember the date off the top of my head, but it's, it's pretty late uh, in the game. And, and it had a number of different weapons that they were using as well. And once again, this is just part two. Who knows yeah, what was yeah. in part one? Yeah. Well, that, that's, that's <laughs> really cool to think about. Like, you know, they, you know, say, say they do a hundred years of working with these other weapons and then take what they learned there and go back to the long sword with yeah. these new ideas. That, yeah. that is very interesting. You said you were also looking at that. The wrestling book. The yeah, book. Fabian von Arswald. Yeah. Which is those, my favorite. Those are some of the prettiest woodcuts in Hema. I just said, I just like look at those. Like yeah. they're, they're gorgeous. Yeah. But he's kind of funny too because he's staring at you. you know? <laughs> he's got this guy's leg, you know, wrapped up like a grapevine. He's about to snap his knee in half and he's just staring right at you with this little smirk. Trying to, face. trying to intimidate you 400 uh, yeah. years from the past. Well, you read the, the intro, the, the preface to it. He's like, Hey, I'm just a senile old man, but nobody can throw me. So they asked me to write this book. And it's like, you could just tell that he was like, all right, you can, you can draw, you know, do a woodcut of me, but I'm going to be looking right at you. <laughs> like, when you do it. <laughs> so when you, oh, when you go into a new source like this, a source outside the norm, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what kind of mindset, or do you try to apply things you know immediately, or do you, you try to read it all with an empty brain? I try to do an empty brain. I try to keep a really open mind. I'm constantly trying to do that because that's really hard to do. Naturally, we as humans don't want to have open minds because that takes a lot of effort. Like that's, that takes work and it makes our brain tired. Like we'd much rather just set into what we know already and just do that. So I think that's the natural state for a martial artist is to just go back on what's always been done or what we've always done. And, and you see that, that happen in, in everything. But, you know, if we just say, well, this is how we do the Zornhau because this is the right way to do the Zornhau. Like, that's the kind of mindset we're always trying to fight against. So when I, when I approach a new manuscript, I'm just like, all right, we're just going to take this to face value. We're just going to do exactly what's put in here. That position looks stupid. Like, looking at this picture, I have no idea how that would ever happen. Like, logically, looking at that, it was like, that's impossible. The guy's flowing over backwards. And then we do it the first time, and it looks exactly like the picture. And it's like, if we had come in saying, like, oh, well, that there's obviously an error in the manuscript. I hear this. I actually hear this quite a bit. It's like, oh, well, there was an error in the original manuscript because I, as the you know editor, translator, whatever, uh, or modern humor practitioner, I can't see how this would happen. So they obviously drew this wrong. Or they put, they put the wrong word here, or they drew this illustration wrong. And every time I've seen that, we've we've got it to work like it is in the picture. Like, every time. So, I'm not saying that there aren't mistakes in there, but I'm saying, like, we're more likely to cause mistakes. Or we're more likely to not understand it. So, yeah, there's one where you slap the guy's sword around and he spins halfway around and you hit him in the back of the head. And it works. I'm like, oh, well, you know. Yeah. It's a good thing we, we accepted it at face value and, and tried it, you know. It's it's pretty fun. Well. Because it seems like a lot of the manuals are written to where they assume 
you already know what you're doing. Yeah. And they're just, they're, they're just helping you remember what you've already been taught. A lot of them are like that. Yeah. A lot of them are read more like cliff notes. Yeah. So because they're, because they're phrased that way, it is kind of hard to go in there with that open mind even more than you would think. (laughs) It's hard. Yeah. And experimentation is the best for that. So instead of, you know, instead of coming in and say, all right, uh, I don't understand what this is. So we're just going to decide it's this and just do that. Um, what's better is to come up with three or four different things that it might be and do all of them. Um, and really keep it open like that. And this is where you want to get feedback from other people too. You don't want to decide this on your own as the instructor. You want to come up with different ideas and then pull your, your class, your, your other, you know, students or, or, or classmates or whatever. See, what do they think? You know, what does this sound like to you? This is what I think it is. Like, what does it sound like to you? Or could this be different? Or could it be, you know, an error translating it from, middle high German into English, you know, which happens sometimes Mm -hmm. those translators, God bless them. You know, we're not paying for, for them to translate in most cases, like they're doing it for free. And and sometimes English isn't their, their first or their second language, you know? So, you know, a lot of times we take for granted, like what's, what's there on, on Wichtenauer or something is good. And those translations are good. Most of them are really good, but that doesn't mean there's not errors in the translation. So sometimes they're gone and like, man, this doesn't make any sense. And I'll go, you know, I'll slow things down to a snail's pace and try to parse through the German. It's like, oh, I think they actually mean this. And then it works. So there's, you know, there's there's a lot to, to do with that, too. But, yeah, that open mind and experiment. And even if something works, don't assume that you're right or that there couldn't be more to it. So even if, even if you do something and it works, it matches everything, I'd still recommend experimenting with it to see if there's, if there's deeper knowledge there, yeah. if there's more there, you know, if, and, and you can get down and this is a never ending process. Like, well, you know, what if I, if I turn my, my toes a little bit when I do it, does it, does it add anything to it? You know, there's, yeah, there's, ne- it's never ends. It's like always like little tweaks. To it. So, sometimes it can be as simple as the intent of your opponent. Yeah. He, he could throw the same overhaul, but with different intent. And it changes your reaction. Yes. Yes, it does. <laughs> we see that a lot when, especially with, with newer people and we're trying to set up a drill with new people and they're like, why isn't it working? And it's because that, yeah, it's because of something like that. You know, a lot of times they're like, well, they're not throwing the overhead at the person. They're cutting at the sword and there's, you know, or like they're, they're cutting, you know, or, or, or whatever it is, you know, they're, they're not closing distance enough. You know, they're not coming in with as much force or coming in with too much force. And so a lot of times when you try to set up a drill, that can be the hardest thing with, with, especially with newer people, but with anybody, the first time you do a drill, it's like, there's so many moving parts. (laughs) And yeah, intent is one that's even, that's hard to even, you know, uh, explain to people. Especially if if this is your first time doing that drill and, and the, the book never really, like it'll say, Sometimes you're, you're doing this aggressively. You you, you yeah. might get a verb, <laughs> one verb, right, know? right. But uh, or uh, Keith at at Bold Sea Longsword right yeah. now, he's doing. We're reading through the Myers Dusak section. Okay, yeah. And we're so uh, like uh, classes an hour and a half. We might get through a page, right? And right. Uh, often he's like, "All right, everybody, he'll read it, then he'll say what he thinks it he means." He's like, but we're all going to do it and talk about it when we're done. And we'll just, you know, 
just a little bit of feedback helps yeah, a long way. Absolutely. Because um, Myers even, he'll, he likes to get vague. He's like, <laughs> uh, do this, this, and you, you know what to do after that. And we're like, right. oh, do we? Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> my, and then just do whatever comes naturally. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you've already, you've already read ahead and yeah. behind. You've, and then the yeah, fight continues. You've had, you have the whole book memorized already. <laughs> Yeah, they they have a lot of uh, they have very high opinion of the reader a lot of times. <laughs> well, it's their student, so yeah. obviously, obviously, you're a genius. He taught you. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, when you're looking at these new manuscripts and you're coming up with, if they have like a new new core language, like if they're using terms you're not used to. Mm-hmm. And they have just different trains of thought of how to fight, uh, like timing would be an mm-hmm. example. Right. When you go back to teaching your normal class, how do you judge? Should should I should I let everyone know? Should I only tell the people I think this would help? Should I just blank, blankly this exists? I just I just read about this. If it helps you, take it mm-hmm. away. Yeah, kind of more to that last one where I, you know, I want to be an open fount of knowledge, right? Uh, if someone's like, especially if they're newer, like, all right, we're, we're going to keep with, keep you with, you know, more basic stuff or stuff that, that I'm more familiar with and I can teach you with more confidence because you're newer and you don't have that frame of reference. So you want to keep an open mind, but you have to have something to compare it to, right? So, when I come up with, when I find something new, I, I, I just want to share it with people. You know, if I see something I haven't seen before, you know, it's like, oh, this is amazing. We need to do this. And I, like, we need to check this out. You know, so I go to Sizer class. I'm like, actually, check out this long term thing really, really quick before class. I want to show you this thing. So we, we try to share all the, the, the information to anybody that's, that, that's interested in it. Even if it's, even if it's some, some little thing that we don't have time to, to train right then, we just like, let me, let me just show you real quick. Or, you know, like, oh, man, it, like, you know, you're supposed to, like, reach around and, and grab, you know, the, the temporal bone you know, <laughs> behind the ear. That's a good hook around their head. And you can wrench their neck. Check it out. <laughs> yeah. I, I always wonder because I know different people learn differently. Mm-hmm. And one outlook might suit their personality and fighting style way better than another outlook. Mm-hmm. Um you see this a lot with the the German versus the Italian, yeah. or the you know the uh, late the later sources versus the earlier sources. Right, right. And some someone will just latch on to something, and that becomes their thing. Um, but it's ha- helping them discover if that's their thing or not. You know, right. like, so like right. you want to get. I have so many books at the club, and I wish I had time just to make everyone read every book, <laughs> so they could find right. the book that works for them. Oh, I know. So. Yeah, and that's hard because if someone's enjoying what they're doing, then you know what that's that's great. Like that's that's worth it in and of itself. Just the sheer enjoyment of, of swinging a sword around, or or just bettering yourself off a, per, a certain thing, like that is has its own value to it. So I always want to expose people to more. You know, they may not be interested in more. So yeah, if we're running a drill, some of the people are like, "Tell me exactly what to do," and I just want to do that. And some of the people are like, how can I make this better than what you're teaching me? Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> because, because I, you know, like I, I want it now, you know, but, oh man. So I, I kind of, you know, 
kind of running down the rabbit hole here, but one of the things he said, like, clue me into something else. Like, I was reading the Book of Five Rings by mm-hmm. Misaki, and one of the things early on in the book, it talks about how so many, when, of course, in his his world, you know, all the samurai wanted to, to train with the, the longsword, like, with their longsword, the you know, katana or, or whatever you want to call it. Um, and he's like, you should train in all the weapons, because what if you pick up a spear and it's, like, the best thing ever for you? But then what if you, but, but then what if you just did the sword and never picked up the spear? Like, you know, it's like, think about that. You, you missed out on like your purpose, you know, like what would bring you the most fulfillment. So I like trying to get people to do different things. Some of our guys are like, you know what? I like messer and that's all I like. I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I know when I started training, you know, bolognese side sword, it made my German longsword better, you know, so, you know, I, I try to get people exposed to different things, but yeah, it's like I said, it's a personality thing. Some people are just like, this is what I like. Why would I do something I don't like? You know, it's like, I like hamburgers. Why would I eat anything else? Like, well, I just want to eat a hamburger. And even if it doesn't become your thing, mm-hmm. it could still make your longsword better. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Because even, even in the different, you know, the different traditions, they're all dealing with similar things. And sometimes they approach the same concept, but they explain it very differently. Sometimes a different terminology that like you said, but a lot of times, it makes sense. It's like, ah, oh, man, the Italians really detailed their footwork a lot more than the Germans did. I wonder if the Italian footwork works with the German stuff. It's like, yeah, probably. The Germans were probably doing all that stuff, too. They just didn't give us much detail in the text about, you know, all the footwork and everything. Because we, we had one of our students say that. It's like, well, you know, the, the Italian footwork's really, really weird, but, like, the German footwork's so simple. It's like, that's probably our fault. Like, this probably wasn't supposed to be like that. You know, it's not supposed to be passing stuff, passing stuff, passing stuff, passing stuff, <laughs> <laughs> right? That does not work. <laughs> that doesn't happen because people don't move like that unless it's choreographed. You know? And that's, that's, that's a whole different thing. So, but yeah, it's like, but yeah, she's mentioned something like that. It's like, yeah, yeah. The German footwork is so, so simple compared to like, yeah, that was it's probably my fault. <laughs> it probably is supposed to be fancy with, you know. Steps and big steps and leaps and bounds and, you know, all kinds of stuff. So, Yeah. Yeah. I, I he, he, like, if you go look at Rutherford's videos mm-hmm. online, like he's, his, his stuff does look like that. Yeah. And, but that's stuff that he has cobbled together by multiple readings and, and. Right. Right. Uh, study, you know. Um, I always like to think when people are like, this is my favorite weapon. I'm like, so far. <laughs> so far. Yeah. I know there's some, I haven't even got to, like, I haven't gotten to rapier. You know, mm-hmm. we're doing side sword, which is very different. Yeah. Um, yeah. It looks, it looks similar. Well, there's, there's the a re- there's a reason that shift happened. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I, I, I think, I think you should at least learn the basics of both so you yeah. can understand why it happened. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, there's so much more stuff. It's like, you know, we haven't really gotten to Polaxe yet. We did Halberd, but apparently Polaxe is a whole different thing. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so weird how the shape, the shape will, mm-hmm. will change how you interact. Like the, uh, this is primarily, a spear's primarily thrusting, but, uh, you know, you switch to the Halberd, you're, you're, you're trying to hook and pull yeah. and, not much different. You you pick them up. Uh, a layman would. Like, these are all the same, right? It's, all, yeah. it's just big quarter staff, right? Yeah. And uh, no, it does not work that way. Well, it was, it was interesting. We were going through 
through Mayer, like M M A I R, not mm-hmm. Meyer. They sound pretty much the same. Um, we were going through him, and he has his Dusak section. He's like, oh yeah, this is basically any one-handed sword you can learn with with this the Dusak. And then they get the pole arms. He's like, okay, here's halberd, here's poleaxe, here's spear. <laughs> and it's like, whoa, whoa. We had the Dusak was every one-handed sword, and then we got the poleaxe. And like, whoa, whoa, these are real different. Like these, <laughs> these be totally different. Different explanations to it. So, <laughs> so if uh, I guess to wrap up, if someone was going to step outside that main Hema pillar, mm-hmm. and they're gonna, they're just gonna deep dive on, go to uh, Wigden Hour. Is there uh, something you would suggest them go look at? Oh man! So if they haven't, if they haven't done wrestling yet. Because there's a lot of guys that are like, swords are cool, but I don't want all that sweaty, gross stuff. Uh, or some people are just legitimately scared of, of wrestling. And, you know, like we said, everything's dangerous, right? Uh, if you haven't done any wrestling, I don't care if it's the German or the Italian or whatever, I would recommend that first. Even, at least in the German, I can't speak for the Italian because I haven't studied that uh, at all. But in the German, it's like, you know... All of the fencing is based on wrestling. So it's like we wrestle and now we have weapons, right? And now we're, you know, the fight continues from further away. Um, but that's so foundational to all the movements. Uh, I would say if you haven't done any wrestling yet, even if you don't want to get thrown around, you should, you should at least be familiar with it. You should run some, some drills that would be good for warm ups where you're working on drills of just kind of unbalancing people, where you're not, like, tossing people around or anything, but just working on balance and movement and, and changing range and level and everything, that would be really, really good if you haven't done that. Apart from that, man, there's a lot of good ones. Um, one of my old favorite is Lekutner's Messer, and that's good, uh, especially if you're dealing with, like, Wickenauer, because they have an abridged version if you want to just do, like, a you know kind of shallow dive. And then they have the, the full version, which is like 400-some plates. Uh, and it gets into minutia of, of stuff. So that one I like a lot uh, because it goes into so much detail in the, the German system, like in the KDF system. And the Messer is so similar to Longsword. We've actually pulled stuff out of there that's not in the Longsword treatises, and it works with Longsword. You know, it's just it's like, well, wait. Like, why don't we just do this? Like, what? <laughs> you know, this is great. It works with the one hand sword. It couldn't be that much different. I'm like, yeah, it's not. So, um, those would be like some of my favorites. So, if you're going to do wrestling, I like uh, Von Arswald, like Fabian Von Arswald. Uh, like I said, Wickenauer has, um, they have the translation of the, um, so each, each plate, each beautiful, like, you know, wood plate has a little caption underneath. There's actually a, a treatise that has a lot more text that's not translated yet, so I'm going to take a stab at that. But um, that would be my my go-to for for wrestling. Um, and then, yeah, get into some Lekutner Messer if you awesome. haven't yet. So. Awesome, I, and that uh, that book is I've never seen that book not available. You, uh, some some sometimes you'll go to buy a Hema book and yeah. good luck. Yeah, but, but that <laughs> that that one I've always seen around. All right. It's a personal thing. (laughs) Well, thank you for talking with me today. Absolutely, man. It's been a pleasure. And I will try to stop. I'm going to try to stop by here every couple months. It's going to be (laughs) awesome. Yeah, we'll have stuff going on. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.
This episode of Swords and Stereo was produced by Final Plank Media Productions. Theme song for Swords and Stereo is Thunderer by Professor Agma. Check him out too. To find out more about Bold City Longsword, visit their website at jacksonvillehema.com. To find more Final Plank Media produced podcasts, visit finalplank.com or visit us at Final Plank on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks for listening.